Welcome to another episode of the AlbumReview.net podcast. I'm Greg Potters. I think the blues has a subset of genres within it. Originating from the southern United States in the 1800s, old-style blues is structured yet freeing, I think. There's a rhythm section keeping things tight, or at least structured, so either a guitarist, a piano player, a saxophonist, or anyone really can improvise and solo over that rhythm section. To many, the blues introduces the power of improvisation and free form. To others, it could be considered redundant. I think each blues player has the responsibility to promote the freedom it originated from or the longing of freedom those slaves were singing about in the Deep South. As blues music evolved, blues rock and roll became more popular and eventually mainstream. Chuck Berry may be considered the first to bring it to the mainstream, and bands like the Rolling Stones kicked it up a notch and added some serious attitude. In the 1980s, a band out of Atlanta, Georgia, hit the scene calling themselves Mr. Crow's Garden. By the late 80s, early 1990s, their style evolved to a pure rock and roll blues influence and the band changed their name to the Black Crows. The band would go on to release their debut in 1990, but for today, in this episode, I'm gonna review their second release, 1992's The Southern Harmony and Musical Companion, which is by far their strongest studio album out of eight. So grab your B&B and your splu, and let's get ready for this full-on review of The Black Crows the Southern Harmony and Musical Companion, coming at you now. just ripe. Bands like Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and Guns N' Roses ruled the rock world from a pop charts perspective. And artists like Boys to Men, Sir Mix-a-Lot, and Right Said Fred dominated the hip-hop dance charts. But through all the haze, there was a classic sound that had been hibernating for several years. This sound hiding or maybe just hibernating for a decade was reincarnated in 1992 and a band out of Atlanta, Georgia entered the studio in late 1991 to record their second album 
This album, their finest in my professional opinion, was the follow-up to the chart-breaking Shake Your Money Maker, an album that had little musical company amongst its peers upon its release in 1990. This album matured my musical tastes at the time. This was not your girlfriend's ain't looking for nothing but a good time. And this wasn't Motley Crue's shout at the devil. This was... B&B with a little weed. Mr. Crow's Garden formed in 1984 at Walton High School in Marietta, Georgia by brothers Chris and Rich Robinson. The brothers were fans of what they called then indie music or college radio. Influenced by bands like R.E.M., a staple in the 1980s Georgia college radio scene, the Robinson brothers also had a taste for 70s blues rock and roll, specifically the Rolling Stones. The band would moonlight in New York City on and off for the next five years, playing small venues, eventually graduating to play CBGB's, once considered the chief musical club, from its opening in 1973 until its demise and eventual closing in 2006. Rest in peace, CBGB's. In 1989, the band would secure a record contract from Deaf American Records and soon change their name to the Black Crows. After the commercial success of Shake Your Money Maker in 1990 and 91, it was time to record their second record. And by this time, the band had sold over 5 million copies already of Shake Your Money Maker. They developed some confidence, and many would also say a little bit of cockiness. Their next record was going to have to be a true blues rock and roll album. Yeah, Moneymaker was bluesy, but this time around, the band had some money. They had fame, and they had a desire to make the record that they really wanted to make. So in late 1991, they entered the studio to record their sophomore effort, The Southern Harmony and Musical Companion. The name of the album originated from an actual songbook published in 1835 by an American Baptist in South Carolina named William Walker. The original name of the book was a tune book. These types of books were written all over the South throughout the 1800s to provide instructional singing to members of church choruses and choirs. And it is on record that the Southern Harmony and Musical Companion was considered amongst the most popular tune books or song books of the 19th century. And what an incredible name it was, too, for the Black Crows. Mark Ford from the band Burning Tree would replace Jeff Cease at lead guitar. It's no secret to Black Crows fans, the band has had some infighting throughout their 30-plus years of existence. Just listen to any interview that Chris and Rich did over the years. Now, I don't want to generalize, but let's just say these guys are difficult to get along with. I firmly believe their personalities were a large reason why the band had such a revolving door in terms of members. Mark Ford would be replaced by Audley Freed from the band Cry of Love, and bassist Johnny Colt would be replaced years later by Sven Pippian after Colt quit. The reality was, or the reality is, 
Chris and Rich danced to the beat of their own drum, and many times that drum created a divide between the brothers, for their family squabbles have been well documented over the years. But when you take a closer look, Chris and Rich were pioneers in many ways. Sure, they, they didn't invent their style of music, but they thrust it onto the scene during a time when many considered their music out of touch or boring classic rock. I certainly didn't, but I'm just telling you what I heard. <laughs> Punk rock and indie rock dominated the music scene in the 1980s. R.E.M. was an indie college radio band out of Georgia making noise on the indie circuit, and the Black Crows were aware of this. They wanted to be on an indie label as well. They thrived in the us-against-them mentality. In an interview on the Bobby Bones podcast, Rich Robinson noted at the time the band was starting, there was an over-gentrification in music. In 1990, it was all about sales. There was an industry-driven sales pitch, and record companies in many ways were seen by outcasts as trying to, quote, tell you what you wanted to hear, end quote. Whether you agreed with their sentiment or not, Chris and Rich were defiant, and in the late 1980s, Chris and Rich, who were just out of high school, they were, they were only playing music that they heard in their heads. And if it sounded like the Allman Brothers Band or the Rolling Stones, then that was everybody else's problem, not, not theirs. Rock and roll is defiance, Chris said in an interview on the Bobby Bones podcast back in 2020. It's weird to say back in. Boy, was he right, man. When The Southern Harmony and Musical Companion was released on May 12th, 92, it debuted at number one on the Billboard Top 200 charts. The album hatched singles such as Remedy, Sting Me, Thorn in My Pride, and Hotel Illness. And we'll get, we'll get into those songs in a little bit. Now, due to the strong presence of Chuck Lavelle's piano playing and organ contribution on their First album, Shake Your Moneymaker, pianist and keyboard player Eddie Harsh joined the band to record and tour off of Southern Harmony. Harsh would make significant contributions to the band. Chuck Lavelle was more of a hired hand when Harsh was a bona fide full-time member, really. By the way, for those of you wondering, Chuck Lavelle currently holds the number one spot in my world for greatest piano solo in a rock song ever. Jessica by the Allman Brothers Band. Back to the Black Crows, Harsh's solo during a song called Descending, which is actually off the Crows' next album, Memorica, that's right up there as well. But, well, listen to that when you get a chance. It'll make your knees buckle. But anyway, this album, The Southern Harmony Musical Companion, was released on Tuesday, May 12th, 1992. So if you release an album on a Tuesday, I bet you didn't know this, if you released an album on a Tuesday, then you get the maximum seven days of sales counted toward your total, including a full weekend. The other is early word of mouth and momentum. Distributors are, or I guess I should say they were, because this doesn't really happen anymore, but they were distributors were typically set up to deliver copies to stores over the weekend and on Mondays, and most only do runs a couple of times a week. This was the genesis behind the idea that Tuesdays were the best days to release an album. I always noticed this as a kid, but never really bothered to research why until I started working on this review. 
So Southern Harmony kicks off with the song Sting Me. track I would put closer to maybe the bottom of my list of favorites. It's just my opinion. It's a solid classic rock swing, but a bit repetitive for my taste. And when I first heard it, I enjoyed it, but I had yet to be blown away by this album's power. Radio-friendly Remedy follows up Sting Me. Remedy was the first single off the album, and it got a lot of traction. It reached number one on the U.S. Billboard album rock charts in the first month of its release. The song reached number 48 on the Billboard Top 100 and number 24 in the U.K., giving the band instant success upon the release.
Things really got going on the album's third track, Thorn in My Pride. Now this is what I paid for. I still enjoy throwing this song on my stereo, staring at the ground during the intro and then sticking my index finger up, putting it against my closed lips and mimicking the sound right in the face of whoever's in the room. That's, that's what I do. Loyal Crows fans laugh usually, whereas the naive ones will just stare. That's all right. I'm used to people staring when I jam. So after the shh part in Thorn in My Pride, the song opens up into a beautiful melody. I can just picture a dark, candlelit room where the only other lights are from the amplifiers. The band is standing on a big red oriental rug, jamming this tune out just for me. I'm getting a private performance, it feels like. All right, that didn't really happen in reality. It's just in my dreams, but come on, play along. Wake me when the day Show me how the sun shines Tell me about your heartache Who could be so unkind Do you dream to touch me And smile down deep inside Or could you just kill me Pride gives you another splendid performance by pianist and keyboard player Eddie Harsh. The lyrics are soulful, heartfelt, and very bluesy. It's the first softer song on the album, and much like She Talks to Angels from the band's previous debut album, Thorn is melodic and sweet. Despite one thinking this is a love song, I really interpret the lyrics as kind of more of a uh, kind of an, an apology. For instance, lyrics like, wake me when the day breaks, show me how the sun shines, tell me about your heartaches, 
Who could be so unkind? Do you dream to touch me and smile down deep inside? Or could you just kill me? It's hard to make up your mind sometimes. My angels, my devils, my thorn in my pride. So you judge for yourself. What do you think? I think the evidence here supports this is a type of apology for being either a bad friend, a bad family member, or a bad lover to someone else. Do you dream to touch me? Or could you just kill me? It's hard to make up your mind sometimes. So the author here, Chris Robinson, he's really talking about his or her good side or pros and bad side or cons and summing it up by saying, there are several discrepancies or thorns, sharp stabbing objects in my character. I'm not perfect, but what you get is what you get with me. I'm Greg Potters with albumreview.net. Are you looking to start your own podcast? I can save you a ton of time and money by helping you launch, publish, and grow your podcast. So this includes things like finding the equipment, the software, and tips and tricks that are gonna be right for you and your budget. Also, if you're looking for things like editors, designers, or you just wanna find out what the best platform to use is, that's what I do. So you can find me at albumreview.net or message me directly at gpotters at albumreview.net. The old school blues party continues with the next track, Bad Luck, Blue Eyes, Goodbye. Like the Christmas tree salesman in A Christmas Story when he tried to sell Ralphie's mom and dad a crummy Christmas tree. I'm having the same feelings about this song as he was as his trees, except I'd like to think I don't come off as a shady and disingenuous sales guy. Now, this song here is a song. You want a song? This is a song. B&B with a little weed.
I can remember buying this album, taking it home, unwrapping it, and putting it into my CD player. Back then, I listened to albums from beginning to end. No skipping songs, at least for the first run through. Bad Luck Blue Eyes Goodbye was different from the tracks off their debut. Yeah, the other song had soul, but this song had real soul. This song especially makes me think of watching the band perform in a small, very dark, candlelit room. Maybe some incense burning, perhaps a blacklight, perhaps some banaka. The track begins with Chris Robinson saying, B&B with a little weed which is perhaps a direct referral to what the band was consuming during the majority of this recording. For those of you who are inexperienced, or maybe you just have your shit together, unlike me, B&B by Benedictine is one of the oldest premixed cocktails in the world. By the early 1900s in the US, the B&B cocktail was created by blending Benedictine DOM French liqueur and brandy. In 1937, the Benedictine Company decided to produce this drink by blending 60% Benedictine DOM with 40% French brandy, allowing the flavors to rest and harmonize in French oak vats for a warmer, deeper, and drier taste. Lead guitarist Mark Ford's playing on Bad Luck Blue Eyes Goodbye is superior and stronger than anything, in my opinion, from Jeff Cease on Shake Your Moneymaker. I really think Ford is the genesis to why Southern Harmony is the Black Crow's best album. And Ford would go on to play guitar in the band's two follow-up records, Amorica, which is a friggin' gem, by the way, and Three Snakes and One Charm, which, although not as strong as the former two, it still holds water. As soon as Ford was replaced, the sound of the Black Crows got darker, heavier, and in my opinion, less bluesy. I, I felt they separated from their roots. Therefore, I'm calling it, Mark Ford had an influence and is a viable reason the band had the success that they did in the early to mid-1990s. In an interview with the New Zealand Herald, lead singer Chris Robinson noted that the intensity of touring for four years non-stop, being on the road and not having anyone around to tell you no took a huge toll on the band, especially for Mark Ford. Chris and brother Rich noted that in August 1997, Mark was let go from the band to enter a rehab clinic for heroin abuse. Now thankfully Mark Ford is still alive today and seems to have patched things up, at least for the most part, with the brothers. But he is not on the current 2024 band roster as they're about to embark on their world tour kicking off February 9th in Las Vegas. It's also noted in a 2007 interview Mark did with Swampland.com that in perpetuity, or forever, Mark is contractually obligated to never discuss his time with the Black Crows, or even write a book discussing his time in the band. Huh. <laughs> there must be some dirty, dirty skeletons in that closet. All right, back to the music. So the track placement towards the mid part of this album is strategically structured, or at least it, it sounds that way. Bad Luck, Blue Eyes, Goodbye slowly and carefully melts into Sometime Salvation. And like Bad Luck, Blue Eyes, Goodbye, this song starts off with a count off. 
Man, I can remember grabbing my Fender knockoff precision bass in 1992 and parking my ass down until I learned the whole bass line. God, what memories, man. Chris's vocals are magnificent on this track. Drummer Steve Gorman's playing is a lot freer in form and outside the lines on this record. And compared to their debut, which I find relatively easy to play drums along with, no offense, Steve, Gorman's changes in time signatures were a refreshing change, which I feel played a large part in this album's great success. But the highlight, once again, is Ford's guitar playing. When Robinson cuts his sentence, Sister, do you even want to try and find me? Oh, short. And then he just belts out the oh. Ford's guitar is just right there. tracks thorn in my pride bad luck blue eyes goodbye and sometimes salvation are without a doubt the album's strongest now after these the pace picks back up again with hotel illness and black moon creeping these additional blues numbers are fast-paced and neither are void of the southern harmony the harmonica is a highlight in both numbers and ford's guitar in hotel illness will make your head turn Oh, good 
I can definitely hear a 20-minute live jam off this riff for sure. Black Moon Creeping changes tempo several times, a song trait that I love. Anytime an artist or band can change the tempo of the rhythm, it's a, it's a sign the musicians are thinking outside the box, right? And not necessarily interested in churning out the same four-on-the-floor drum beat, one that anyone can really emulate. Drummer Steve Gorman mixes it up, changing the rhythm and cadence regularly to keep the listeners on their toes. As things creep closer to the next track, No Speak, No Slave, things have picked up again even more significantly. I believe No Speak, No Slave is one of the earlier examples of how future Black Crow songs would be written. A blues note, but with a heavier feel. And the riff in No Speak, No Slave is, is gritty, almost, almost Alice in Chains-like. Now, this is a, a straight-up rock song. And following their 1996 release, the album Three Snakes and One Charm, the band's music would never really veer from that blues nucleus, but certainly heavier guitar riff was being used for follow-up records like By Your Side, Lions, and Warpaint. Although enjoyable, the Southern Harmony and Musical Companion really captures the crows at their absolute peak.
Beginning to end, My Morning Song is solid. It's like the biggest anthem on this record with its twists and turns. I can see this song being stretched out to 15 to 20 minutes live at least. All in all, the Black Crows released eight studio albums, all very strong. But the Southern Harmony and Musical Companion is a cut above the rest for its originality and its ability to harken back to the old Southern blues from the 1800s. It's clear you can hear something on this record you don't get from the other seven, which is depth, personality, atmosphere, emotion, passion, ambiance, feeling, humanity, compassion, and empathy. The four singles, Remedy, Thorn in My Pride, Sting Me, and Hotel Illness, all reached number one on the Billboard Top 200 songs list in 1992, just in that one year. And it broke a record previously held by Tom Petty with three number one tracks from the same rock album, which happened to be... Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? It's Full Moon Fever, of course. In 2023, the Robinson Brothers released a box set featuring the remixed album of the Southern Harmony Musical Companion, along with previously unreleased songs and live tracks, which include studio cuts, live recordings, and jams from the Southern Harmony tour. This is a must-own. So, all in all, I'm grateful to have the Black Crows in my musical life. I will be on another journey to see them again live coming up in May of this year when they stroll through my hometown. But even without the live shows, this band has released a brilliant, brilliant catalog. And the Southern Harmony and Musical Companion sits at the top.
Thanks again for listening to this review of the Black Crow's second studio release, 1992's The Southern Harmony and Musical Companion. I truly had a, a great time researching and reviewing this album. With, with all these reviews, I try to add my personal touch and make it more interesting rather than your average run-of-the-mill, everyday, objective review. I mean, what fun is that? So if you're interested in any of the albums or books that I've discussed in this episode or any previous episodes, go to albumreview.net and pick up a copy of your own. Listen to all my podcast album reviews at albumreview.net by clicking on the podcast tab. They can also be heard wherever podcasts are available. So please follow the show on your preferred platform so you can get regular updates on new episodes. Also, if you guys would be so kind as to pop a quick review or rate the podcast, that helps move the needle and get the word out there. I do want to hear from you, so please email me your feedback, album review requests, and any questions you might have to gpotters at albumreview.net. That's G-P-O-T-T-E-R-S at albumreview.net. If you'd like to get regular updates on reviews, interviews, product and music news, go to the homepage and join the mailing list. Visit our YouTube page and stay tuned for updates on Instagram, Facebook, and that thing they call the TikTok. You can find me at albumreviewnet. All right, so that's all I got. Make sure to see the Crows on their current world tour that kicks off this February 2024. I'm going. Bye. trip down by the highway take a 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 trip